Now we move from on the field activities to off the field activities and we're delighted to be joined in studio here by a man who made his debut here with us just over uh, 12 months ago and uh, his name Eric McNamara from, from Bodike. He's involved there in his, co- his own company, EMC. And he's going to talk about the off-field activities and, uh, you know, that even though everyone is playing, that some people are playing at the moment, a lot of people aren't playing. And maybe some people might be finding this time of the year, which is a kind of a dark time of the year, dreary time of the year, not towards Christmas, a very, very hard time, very hard time for someone. We're going to talk and explore this more with Eric. Eric, you're welcome once again here to Scarlet Bay Community Radio. Thanks, Leo. And thanks, lads, for having me. Nice to have you again, Eric, Eric. a quick 12 months, Eric, since you were here the last time with us. How have things gone since? Yeah, things have been great. Yeah, um, yeah, going from strength to strength, uh, having some great conversations, meeting some lovely people. Um, you know, having, you know, having these conversations gives me great energy. Um, you know, taking that energy from people that are, that are getting better themselves, and that's feeding into me. Um, as I say, like great energy from it. So it's it's um, yeah, it's a great place to be in. Yeah. And of course, this time, uh, 12 months ago, you were just coming out of a difficult place yourself. And even looking at you tonight, you're the picture of health to totally different men to what was here 12 months ago. And that's credit due to you. Yeah, well, I suppose once you once you keep um, having the good habits each day, um, good routines in the morning, um, like it sets you up for the day and uh, just keep doing it each and every day. And, and um, it's like Anton. Everything compounds and it stacks up, and once you keep the the good going in each day, you it's it's going to get better. Eric, you know, as we 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 had been talking to people <coughs> there about final last week in Camorra, you know, the final this week in Holland. For a lot of people, this time of year, the sports season is over, and even for a lot of people who are coming into the winter, it's a kind of a quiet time of the year. You, uh, the, the evenings are getting dark, and you know, there's a lot of can be a lot of negative thoughts around the place. Your thoughts maybe on helping people at this time of the year that are, could be going through a difficult time? Yeah, well, the main thing um, is to try and keep some kind of routine going and keep these habits, um, you know, daily good habits going because you can't just go from uh, having a, a hectic week and, and lots of training and then go just maybe sitting on the couch and and wondering what to do with yourself. So, like I said, you don't have to be full belt at it, but to tone it down a bit, but to keep something going. Because, like as I say, if you're just sitting on a couch or, or whatever, the mind starts to, you know, go into maybe not a so great place. And... Like again, that will stack up and stack up, and um, do you know the next thing? Couple of weeks down the road, we're saying, "Oh God, what's wrong with me? My moods have changed," and and um, and you're kind of backed up against the wall, in and you don't know what to do or where to go or <coughs> or who to reach out to. Eric, I suppose most experts will tell us that, and the older people all knew it anyway. The best way to communicate to people is face to face, meet people, get out and meet them, visit each other's houses and have a chat. An awful lot of younger people nowadays will be getting their entertainment in this time of the year on screens and, you know, screen, 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 now there's no activity. Um, I'm just wondering how healthy is that? And secondly, you know, w- would you encourage people to get, you know, when it's dark, 
for three or four months now to get out and do something else or at least be able to meet people. You know, what's your view on, on that general thing about living on, on social media and maybe not face-to-face and chatting with people directly? Yeah, well, it's like, it's like Anton, if, if you take in too much of, of any one thing, it'll eventually kind of get to you, you know, and, and there's, there's way too much um, phone use at the moment. Even myself at times, I can often go down a rabbit hole and an hour we, is we all po- do, yeah. possibly gone, you know. But, like, you have to, there's so much going on now and, and there's so much coming at us from phones, from ads, from, you know, negative stuff from the news, all that. And when all that is just coming in and there's no quiet time, um, eventually it's going to get you. And it's, you know, you can end up in a pretty bad place if, if you don't switch off. I know myself, if I don't get my regular walks in nature or bike rides or stuff like that, I'm... I'm not in a great place. My moods shift and it'll continue if I don't be mindful of it. You mentioned good habits and good routines there a minute ago and, and you've kind of hinted at it there. Could you just, like the cycling of the, you know, nature, what are the good things people can be doing at any time of the year? You know, what are the really undoubtedly good things for people's minds and for their emotions and for their, their well-being that people should be doing uh, regardless of what time of the year, but particularly maybe in winter. Well, I'd say one of the first things would be would be to leave the phone down and have a good conversation with someone and get back to where we, you know, back in our own day even where we we'd meet up with our friends and and you know play and and have a have have a really good conversation where there was no distractions. I think we're just being distracted the whole time now, and like. If we don't, um, you know, build these good routines and stick to them daily, you know, the, the phone is going to jump out of the pocket or something on the TV. It's like you go to the pubs now and there's no, there's not much conversation. They're just on their phones, you know. Mm. And it's it's kind of sad to see. I, I think that's a, that's a fairly good point. You know, I mean, I know, obviously, alcohol is another problem we could talk about at a different time altogether and alcohol abuse or, or, or overuse but the actual outlet that the, the the country or the village or town bar was for the local people to meet up and have a chat uh, you know what you call um, I think it was was, was, was it uh, one of the columnists there in the Sunday papers talked about the, the lonely old fellas you know living up in the hills and that nowadays they stay at home because there's no one to meet the can maybe they can't go for a smoke or maybe afraid to drive and have a couple of drinks so all that comes into it and I suppose the pub was a kind of a social centre and in a sense there was a lot of positives to that more so than negatives maybe the pub being the social centre yeah yeah and and look it it's like even team we'll say team situations where where you'd have players coming together throughout a season mm. and then it finishes up and and where where do you go then like you've lads kind of here, there and everywhere and, and they're not meeting up. And like at the end of the day, we all want to be part of a group, of a circle where it's a safe space, you know. And there's often times where, you know, even in schools and stuff where there might be stuff going on and then someone might be pushed out of that so-called circle of safety and the next thing they're feeling low themselves and they're questioning well what did I do and 
few weeks down the road, their you know mental health has hit hit the ground. You know, and there are a lot of people that we all know say who on the surface seem to be flying it, seem to be in good humour, seem to be having great lives, but secretly they're suffering and we don't really know about it. Would you think that's from your work? Would you be coming across something like that? Yeah, look, at I even saw it myself last January. I wasn't in a great place myself. Um, you know, business was going a bit slow. I was getting a bit impatient, uh, kind of getting up each day. Maybe my routine wasn't as good as it should have been. And my head was a bit all over the place. And eventually I, I caught myself out and I had that awareness. And I said, look, at, I need to reach out to someone here. So... You know, I got I got a coach on on board. I started working again on my fitness, um, watching my diet, and and like I said, you know, getting out in nature, reconnecting. I suppose the greatest gift we have, and we, we often we often give lip service with it, is our health. And I suppose if we don't look after our health, it's our physical health as well as our mental health, both, uh, and be proactive in it. It's not it's not a given. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not something we can take for granted that will always be there for us. You do have to actively look after it. Yeah, it's it's so important, um, even particularly for men, that they can get out and exercise and blow off that excess steam that that could be pent up. You know, and and look at for everyone. It's it's so important to, like I said, leave the devices down. Even if it's only in the car for a half an hour or forty minutes, but you see, it's it's so so hard for people to do that now, and um, and if we continue the way we're going, it's only going to get worse and worse. I can see mental health in a year's two time just being like um, the pandemic that we've just um, gotten over. It, and, it really and, is that bad. Wow. And, and Eric, like it has been the, the hidden illness, you know, and it's still probably for, for many, it is a hidden illness. And, you know, and as Pat rightly said there, there's a lot of people that maybe look on the surface to be flying it, but deep down there could be many, many problems. The mind, the mind works in mysterious ways. You know, how can you stimulate, and you said about going for walks and to get this, the mind has to be stimulated at all time. Yeah, well, like that, it's it's to to check in with people and you know if you're friendly with someone and you see maybe a slight change in them and uh, and it can often get quite you know worse, you know it it it's time to to step in and say look I think we need a conversation for a few minutes or maybe a friend of mine that you you might need to speak to and. You, you know you can pick up on the signs if if you're if you're looking rather than maybe stuck on a phone again actually listening to someone if you can actually give someone even a few minutes of your time being fully present with them you know they'll it's it's great for them you know and of course like as as we speak we're talking about sports but of course it's across the 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 wider spectrum i suppose everything is under the same thing but how did say if someone is in trouble how can they motivate themselves to go speak to someone or how you know i know the hardest thing is to open up you know how can they they do it well the first step is probably to say look at i'm in a bit of trouble here 
and my back is to the wall and maybe have that awareness. But even that in itself, it's hard to take that first step to actually say, God, do you have a few minutes? I, I need to speak to someone. I'm not in a great place. And like, I know I mentioned something to you before about a story of a guy um, that was playing soccer at quite a decent level. And before he went into training, he, he was in the car park and he just broke down, burst into tears where he's, his job wasn't going great. He wasn't in a great place mentally. But he said, if I, if I don't suck this up, wipe away the tears and go in, the boys will think I'm kind of weak or something. So that's exactly what he did. But as I said to him, if um, he went in and said, God, not in a great place, I'm sure a couple of more of the lads would have said, God, I, I, I have the same problem myself. Yeah. But it, it often takes one person to, to put the hand up and say, yeah, I'm not in a great place at the moment. But that, that takes strength and courage. And you think the male bravado is still as strong as ever, Eric? Or, or it, seem, it seems on the outside to be improving, that more people maybe are beginning to talk, Eric. Yeah, it's definitely getting better, but we're a long way off yet. And, and that's down a lot to condition, conditioning and the way we've been brought up and maybe looking at our parents, our role models or yeah. whatever like that. And it's to try and break that. And for someone to say, look, I'm in a bit of trouble, that's a great strength, not a weakness. Keeping with the sports team for a minute uh, that you were kind of talking about there, Eric. Um, you know, we hear a lot nowadays the managers are kind of, they are these, you know, these these people that are on icons and they kind of promote themselves as being these these gods and these powerful people, right? And they're kind of celebrities. You know, but you know, you also hear that great managers kind of use a holistic approach. I mean, uh, some managers will be always talking to the group of lads training, there's 20 training, whatever it is, or 24 or 5 in a dressing room, and it's all team talking, team, team, team. But like they say that a really good manager will speak to players individually, call them aside or get a moment to talk to them about other issues, not just their sport, but that was the holistic view. So the management of teams, while we're on the sporting topic, have a huge role in spotting Issues like that, not, not just be treating the whole group the same way. That'd be something you'd go along with. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, um, you know, if you're in tune with yourself as a coach, uh, you can pick up on these little things. And, you know, you can often have a guy that's maybe playing really well. And the next thing he goes off the bile a small bit. And, you know, you'll, you'll start to pick up on this. But, like, it might be something... You know, going on at home or something like that, and and that's where you maybe have said to that guy, "Look, can we have a few minutes and have a chat and see what's going on, and make that space a safe place for him so that he can, um, you know, open up yeah. and and say what's going on, and and once he starts then to maybe say the first few words, um. Like I said, there's a safe space then and they can work things out. But like there there are coaches out there that where it's it's kind of all stick and no carrot. Well and and that isn't good either, you know. Speaking of that, Eric, there's uh going around on the phone there from a Galway club 
Right, or the management of the club. The charter. The charter. Uh, well, I won't be in the club. You can name it, maybe. No, I won't. Whereby they've told the players, you'll be a drinking ban from, I don't know, it May on. You will not be able to go to any a social event. Forget travelling abroad for the summer at any stage if you want to be in the panel. Uh, you will have to attend every single training session or be gone. You will have to do 90-something percent of the gym sessions and record it when you're working privately and put it on your WhatsApp. There's a load of other you must do's and you can't do this and that's here in November for next season. And a lot of people, are sh- I was shocked by it when I read it. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it, was, it was drawn... It was drawn national, it was on yeah, the radio, yeah, national radio yeah. this evening as well. And I mean, that's the extreme that young fellas are dealing with. Their lives are being controlled by these coaches and managers. And a lot of these young lads might want to have a bit of freedom to do family things or go on a holiday during the summer for a week or two, you know. That's, that can't be right. But you were talking earlier about, you know, you mentioned about the space, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you should get a space. This thing just seemed to be closed in. Closed in. The total opposite to what... Treat them as if they were uh, yeah. under eights. Under eights, yeah. With these adults. adults. yeah. How would you deal with something like that? Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to for someone to look on at this and, and see what's going on because that's kind of very um, kind of old school. Yeah. And... Like if you, that that'll give a space where lads are afraid to open up and absolutely. Do you know there there's a fear there and and a fear of, do you know I can't say this or say that and and when you don't have an environment where lads feel safe, and and comfortable if they want to say something, they're just going to go back into them their shells, and. I'd be pretty certain you will not get the best out of lads. But the other thing is, sport is, for amateurs, yeah, is yeah. your pastime. It's, for it's your fun thing. Mm. It's to get away from the, the drudges of work and studies and other family, personal issues or whatever's going on, financial issues. Your sport should be your enjoyment. And if that's taken away by coaches and management, that is a total pressure thing with no enjoyment. Sure, it's the opposite of what it should be like. Isn't it? Well, look, at it's, it's like Anton in life. If you don't put the work in you're not going to get the results. But if you can do it in blocks where you dip in, you focus really well, and then, like maybe, as I say, bring the fun element into it as well. If you can do that, um, you're, you're going to get the best out of lads. But if it's if it's all, you have to do it this way, and this is my way, and the only way, yeah. or else get out, that, so that day is gone. Has it been good management by Farrell and the lads? let their players back to meet their families be able to have a drink or two even after matches at the World Cup now I know we didn't win it but that was it was a tremendous performance from the team you could see how united the squad was and it looked like there was really good management there those players I know they're professionals and I know they're, they're elite athletes but the point the same I think the principle is the same they were allowed to have a, a kind of enjoy their lives a little bit even though they're in a high pressure situation so to me, that looked like good management and maybe those players could speak to Farrell if they needed to on the quiet as well, if there was issues. That would seem to me to be a good example to follow. Would you? Yeah, no, I was, I was delighted to see that. <clears throat> and, and you can see the lads, it was very fine margins that, that they didn't go all the way to the, to the final. It was, there was nothing between four or five of them mm-hmm. teams. And uh, I think what Andy has brought in there is, um, is the way to go. You can see the lads, they were in, uh, they were happy. Yeah. Their families were around. It was a big, a big safe sp- um, space and a circle. And um, it, uh, like that, it was fine margins. It could have gone either way. 
Just ask you there, if you wanted to approach an individual player about something, about anything you spotted, how would how would you? What's the best way to approach it without maybe making him a bit defensive or a bit maybe suspicious of you? You know, how can you make them trust you? That that initial thing to get the trust. How, how do you approach it? Well, that has to come from when a coach comes in, maybe to work with a team, and and over time, like lads are. You know, people are great to pick up on stuff. And if the energy isn't right, they'll pick up on that. But if the energy is good, they'll they'll eventually say, like, he's a guy I can approach, you know, even though he might be my coach and he might be the head, the, the boss or whatever. Or maybe there's someone just below him. Like, it's all teamwork here where there's someone there that that deals um, specifically with that. With that. Like um, maybe a sports psychologist or or something on that line. But when you have someone in a pivotal role that that gives a safe space where someone can come in and say, "Look, I need a chat for a few minutes," it's it's a great team environment. And not only Eric, you know, we're talking about dads, but this is across the spectrum, females and there's a, a lot of ladies play the sport as well. So we're not just talking, it's in, in general, we're talking about across the, across the board here. And no player, you know, should be afraid to, to talk at any time. And again, at the end of the day, you, you have to communicate. And that's basically what it is. Yeah, it's all, I, I, I coach under 13 rugby there at the, at the moment. Um, my, my son is part of it. And that's one thing we say to them each training session. It's communication. You know, it's 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 massive. And and you know, if they can communicate with each other, and um, you know, get to know each other really well, um, they you know they create that bond that that like you know like brotherhood or something like that, and. Everyone kind of knows each other then, and if someone is a bit off, someone can maybe reach out and say, "Are you okay?" or or something like that. It's it's gone back to maybe the Irish setup in the rugby, where you know there really was a good good place there for the lads. And I'm sure if if anyone wasn't in a great headspace, um, it was quickly noted and and brought to the surface very quick because. The longer these things go on, you know, the bigger the hole you're going to dig yourself into. Yeah. Do you know, so it's to nip it quick. In your work currently, Eric, you might describe for us some of the things that you find that work well, some of the kind of things you hear from, from people, uh, obviously uh, confidentially and all that. But, you know, in general, what does your work consist of? What do you find works well? You're a good listener, obviously. And also, do you find it helps yourself to be dealing with people? Yeah, well, one of the biggest things, um, and which wasn't one of my greatest strengths, was, was, was to listen. To give someone, um, you know, a space where you're fully present with them and you're listening. And when, you, when you're in that space and fully listening to someone, you can pick up. It's, you, you become like a detective. And they mightn't be telling you everything, but you pick up on certain little things and you kind of maybe go, go down that avenue there with them. And um, you actually never know sometimes in a conversation. I know um, I, I had a coaching session there lately and we were working on goals. But in that particular session, that person, there was fa- family issues going on and 
she mentioned something about it and I said, look, I'm just going to give her, um, I'm going to stick with this and let her just offload. And there was a few tears and all that, but she said it was just a, a great conversation. Do you know, so sometimes you go in and it's like that, we have to get this done and we have all these goals and we have to get action plans and all that. But sometimes a person maybe want don't need that in that particular session. They want to, as I say, offload. And when they do, you just have to be, you have to listen. And Eric, you know, you, as you say, a person offloads their problems. And look at, you, you found it, we found, often found in the past, you know, where if a person looked for help, next thing you were stigmatized as, mm. you know, you were, there was something major wrong here with you and mentally ill and, you know, again, it's the hidden illness and you're just not right. Some people would find that, you know, that that's it. They might have to go and visit a psychologist, a psychiatrist or whatever like that. And again, you're, you're, there's a, a kind of a stigma attached to you. Now, um, do you find in your role that people will come to you maybe quicker? The fact that, you know, that you're not a doctor as such, you're a coach as such, but they'll find it easier to make that break and maybe ask for help. And, and again, in your role, then you'll know how far you can go. And if some, obviously some, some people will need more help than others, unfortunately, but you'll have to put them on the right path and give them a vision of where they should be going. Yeah. So like, if we look at life now, um, we all should have a team, do you know, um, do you know, we might have our family and, and then you, you run into like a coach. Uh, you could have a counsellor, there could be a psychiatrist involved. And you just see this as the package, the team that you work with. Any of the top athletes in the world, they all have a great team around them. And there's no, um, there's nothing taught about where, oh geez, I can't have that because people think I'm not great or weak or something like that. And that was very much back in the older days. And, and like when you think of it, how many people have end, ended up in institutions where they were probably very futuristic and thinking of, thinking of stuff down the road where people just thought they were mad. And they were, you know, they weren't. Yeah. So like um, you just have to see it that this person and that person, they're a part of my team and this is how I grow and, and become the best I can possibly be. There's an awful lot of pressures, as you said, at the outset on people nowadays, I suppose. Um, many of the people involved in sports are either in turtle level or they're maybe in the early stages of new careers. And then they're trying to think about maybe buying houses or settle down and all that. So with all those things going on, um, you'd imagine that they need, they need their, their downtime to be very, very positive. And... Uh, Sometimes you think that sport maybe is, is it nearly too competitive or is the competitive element something that's good for them to, to start to drive on and face other other or you know, where's the balance to be got there, do you think? Yeah, it's a, it's like Anton in life, it's it is a balancing act at times where you could everything could be going well at home and um you were saying, Oh well that's fine now, I can put everything into my sport and, and you drive on that side of things and the next thing the the scales has gone back to or oh, maybe the wife or the partner or the kids aren't getting the attention they need. So 
look, we all get caught. I've often got caught myself and I often get a little reminder from my wife or my kids <laughs> that I'm not spending enough time with them uh, because like work, um, like I mentioned in, in the last conversation we had, work, I have that addictiveness towards work and it can, I can often maybe finish up at the dinner and, and head down to the office and the next thing a few hours is gone again in the evening where that should be spent with the family. But like that, it, it is, it's, it's a balancing act at times. And as I say, it goes from one to the other and then, but you need to be just have that awareness or you will get that little reminder from your better half <laughs> that things <laughs> aren't going as good. No, I'm getting a reminder every now and then. Speaking of your better half in that, in general, if so many issues do arise with people with pressures of life, should, should there be more people maybe like yourself or others going into the schools and training kids to to be talking about these things when they're 12, 13, 14, 15, before it comes to a head when they're 20 or 25 or 30. Do you know, should there, I know there is obviously, there are, there obviously are you know, parts of the school curriculum which kind of help there, but do you think specifically more could be done to help teen, teenagers prepare for what's coming? Yeah, like if you can get kids young enough and give them that safe space again where it's okay to come to a parent or maybe, you know, a close friend, um, something like that. And um, and when when they're comfortable in themselves being able to, to say what's going on and say, God, I'm not feeling great today. If, if you can bring them up like that, as I say, rather than suppressing all these yeah. emotions, emotions for many many years and then in later life having to deal with them a bit like myself you know and it's not our you have often said eric that everybody has an addiction right an addiction to, to something worse but we're addicted to sport and things like, like that maybe too much really but in this day and age that there's an awful lot of things going on outside there's different substances there's, there's different yeah. there's the the tiktok thing coming you know these challenges and all that there's a lot of stuff going on you know that has to be knocked on the head like and again with sports lads at this time of year and even people that you know at this time of year they will always find something to fill you know and it may not always be the right thing to fill the space yeah what's wrong with with just actually sitting down and maybe reading a book or something or or um like as i say just leaving the phone and the table and, and getting you know, out for, somebody, yeah. for 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 a walk or having a having a having a good conversation with someone. But you see, that's what they want us to do. They want us to keep the phones in our hands so that they can drive these ads and advertise advertising and all this stuff at us. They don't want us to put down our phones, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is um this is the future unless something is done or done or else. If you can train your mind to say, look, I'm putting my phone down there for five or ten minutes and I'm not going to touch it. And if you can repeat that habit and you gain the control back, otherwise the phone and the people driving all these things have the control over you. Now, I know Pat spoke about secondary school then, about 12 and 15 year olds, even at that age, going into secondary school, right? Would you now find that um, at underage, 
the phone is now nearly a prerequisite for, for a communion present, which, what are you, eight, eight or nine, or whatever it is like. And again, at that time, and of course, look, we're all the same, we get a new tie, we're not going to come up, we don't want to come off it. But should there be even a programme, Eric, or even a call for someone like yourself, even, to go into a local national school, a local national schools, and get this message across, you know, it's like uh, get a fella good at sport. You're trying to hit him, hit him early as early as they can. Mm. Is 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 kind of the same value? Hit him early and 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 try and get these thoughts across. You know that this isn't the right way to go. Yeah, um, it's like Anton. It's it's all habits, and it can be really really hard to break these habits. The the longer and the longer time we're 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 at them, and it's like that program we were watching last night yeah. where you know the, the phone yeah. is in one hand and a vape is in the other and like you know you're dipping out uh, one every few seconds and like where's the downtime there it's like eventually like as I mentioned before Everton stacks up our compounds and and there's nothing going to happen in a day or a week or a month but like six months a year maybe two years down the road, you're getting these signs of, of you've no control over Anton, you're, you're highly anxious and, and um, your mental health, again, has, has hit the floor. And again, going back to you said about the, the webinar we listened into last night, and I can't, I can't remember her son, Dr. Sencha, she said, made that point, that it could take two years before it would take a grip on you. You know, mm-hmm. and she was saying like about having the phone in one hand and the vape in the other and the damage you're doing, you're on the phone, you're doing, obviously you're doing a certain amount of damage, you're picking up not great stuff, you're vaping away at, 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 at the same time. And obviously some people are at more, more um, harder substances than that, which can only lead to, to, to harm and self-harm. But again, you know, she said, made the point that bit by bit, it will take you over. It could take the two years. It's very hard to break the cycle when you get that far. It's really hard, and like as I mentioned already, it's and and you mentioned it there as well. It, these things it doesn't happen in in a day or two days. It's it's down the road, and then it has con- complete control of you. And it's incredibly hard to to get out of something. Then and and your back is totally to the wall, and you you mightn't realize. How how deep you've gone into something until you kind of hit rock bottom, and then it's it's <clears> like who do I turn to or is there or or can I turn to anyone, you know? And and that's where you know lots of things can come into the mind then, and and it's it's a scary scary place to be. Going back there to addiction, Leo Leo mentioned there, obviously correctly so. Um, another issue that a lot of young men are dealing with is gambling addiction because it's so so easy to gamble down the phone you don't have to go off down to a, a bookie shop and bet on all you, yeah. you can literally bet on who will sing the next song at a concert or whatever it is live you know uh, that's one big I don't know if you come across that you can tell us and also then I think we can't ignore the substance abuse I mean social drugs is widespread we, we don't, we're not going into any whether in every village or every town they are we know but that's also widespread do you think that's because people, as you say, aren't being listened to and maybe aren't, how to say, feeling part? They haven't the space to talk to people, and is it 
is those addictions fill the, the void in their lives? What, what do you think overall about the drugs and the gambling, say? Or do you come across much of that? Well, not so much. Um, like, I'm, I'm gone from the pub scene. I, I haven't drank in about four years. And, and look, at it, that was a big part of my life and a big chapter in my book, whenever I get around to writing it. But it is. It's, um, it's a huge problem at the moment. And it's like you try something and... Uh, that might be okay, but it's when you try it maybe the second or the fourth time and the next thing, then you're hooked on it. It's it's like the phones as well. They yeah. don't want us to leave these things down. They want us to keep us hooked. And then, you know, as I say, we we our mental health will, will be affected and we, we mightn't even realise this until maybe a friend of ours or someone will pick up on it and say, are you okay? And oh yeah, I'm grand. But like you're you're totally in this kind of zone of the whether it's the drugs or whether it's the phone, it's the, the gambling and um and you think everything is fine in in, in this world you're or the bubble you're in now until the money runs out or or I don't know, something else happens and, and then you're, you might reach out to someone or, or you mightn't see a way out. There might be no light. And, and mm-hmm. you know, with, with suicides the ultimate, the ultimate and everything out then, there yeah. now, it's, mm-hmm. it's um, rampant. So, a few things to say then. You're, you're talking a good bit about a safe space. People need to see there's a space for them and to be listened to. You mentioned the, the uh, go for a walk, go for a cycle, go for a run, go to nature. You mentioned reading books, that kind of thing have conversations with people. So to what's the best way, you know, to let people know that these are the good things, these are the good things to use up in your spare time outside of your work or your college or whatever. How do we get people back to those things again? If they are sitting at home on the couch with their phones, gambling or, you know, or taking cocaine at the weekend and whatever, or maybe not conversing. How do we train people? You know, how what's the best way to get people who need to know to know you have to it's like and you have to take back that control if you don't take back the control and say i'm able to put this down now or stop doing that otherwise it has the control over you and it will not stop um does it have to come from yourself every has it to come from yourself there was i know myself when i when i a couple of years back there was a few things that had a few addictions outside of work and I just said, that's it, never again. And and I just stopped there and then. But that, that worked for me. I was probably ready for it. But there's oftentimes you'll say, how can I get out of this now? I'm, I'm too deep in. It has me. It has me last thing at night or first thing in the morning. And and you can't get it out of your head, and it's it's not a it's not a nice place to be, but to have that awareness and say I'm not in a great place and to reach out to someone, and once you take that first step and reach out to someone, that's the start. Or or maybe let your voice be heard, you know, just to say. 
like when you put up all these walls, you go back into yourself and it can be a very, very lonely place. And, you know, you can get to a stage where, you know, you can maybe get used to that loneliness and then months and weeks and everything is gone and, and it's it's not a good place to be. And Eric, do you find that peer pressure is playing a very, very big part, even bigger now than what it did in, 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 in previous years, where, where pressure has been put on, on younger people or, or as even as going back to this charter from sport, which is the has has gained nationwide attention. Do you think that's a big part where we're dragging people into an abyss as well? Yeah, well, I suppose when you look at the young lads now, they're all ripped and, and it's all going to the gym. gym. And, and if you're not well-toned and a six-pack and, and, you know, have the muscles flashing out under the tight top, <laughs> um, you know, there's something wrong. And, and there, there is that pressure. And, and it's on the phones. It's on everything. You're, this is what people are looking at. But it's all about being comfortable in your own skin. And... Um, you know, getting back to basics and, and forget what everyone else is doing. But it's it's really hard. It's it's tough um for teenagers in, in these days growing up. And come here and you're in your role as a coach, Eric, and I know you 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 know you know your business is in its infancy but is growing at 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 a rapid rate. When you're listening to all these stories, right, they have people they have come to you with their with their stories and, and their whatever issues they have, you know Considering from where you were yourself and where you came from, can you use your experience to talk to these people or does it have an effect on you, each story that different people would bring to you? Well, I suppose, yeah, look, at every story is going to have some bit of effect. But when you go through the mill yourself, um, you know, you can pick bits out of it or, or you can relate to these and 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 a, and a you know a client will pick up on that and they might think that this is only happening to be but like if you can say god look i can totally relate to that you know and and that's why i'm lucky where i went through i mid 40s now just 46 turned and like i've been through a lot in my life and and once you have that behind you do you know, to, uh, we'll say particularly for maybe teenagers coming up or, or people my own age or older, where you can tap into that and say, look, I hear you. I see where you're coming from. I can relate to some of that. And it does help. I know, Eric, you're a great man for, for, for putting up the videos and here we are talking about phones and that we shouldn't be on phones. And, you know, you're, you're a great man for putting up the videos at, at, at different times and your thoughts you know, all positive. I, I know we've we, we've we've looked into them, and you done one. I have a, give great value to for what you done last week on holidays, and you took the time to put out a, 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 up a, a video. You know, which was about positive thinking as well and getting people out. Um, do you think? You know that there should be more of these people should maybe themselves, if they feel something, maybe to write down something or to make a video. But you know, that might push them to. A, you know, into a better place. Yeah, look, if you can if you can get yourself a diary and start writing down your thoughts and, and what's going on, you know, it's brilliant. But are people willing to do that now? Or or have we been totally distracted by by as we mentioned the phones many times here tonight? 
Like we have to get back to basics here. I mentioned a while ago that I see it getting worse and worse and worse until the whole thing will, will go wallop for a finish. And we'll have a, a lot of very mentally unwell people. It's to get back to basics, but how can we, how can we do that? Um, it's to gain back the control. But is it gone too far now? Or people needs to wake up to where they're at and say, look, I've, I've, or will people eventually say, I've enough of all this? It's too much. It's, it's too though, much. Yeah. One of the biggest issues is the amount of false information that people are picking up now between Twitter and in, in, you know, Instagram or whatever it is, blogs or whatever it is. And, you know, again, we keep mentioning phones, but I mean, it's out there. Um, before we got news from the radio, from the newspaper or from your neighbours or people you met, and nowadays you can have every crackpot all over the world can put up uh, an opinion on something about immigration or about racism or about body shape or whatever and every kid can read it so it's very hard to go against all of that but again training the kids properly to deal with it and, and again I think it goes back to schools again and, and or even outside of school it has to start you training people how to deal with this all this be thrown at them mm. and I don't know, where do you start with it I know, I know we've said schools can be used but you know habits to start young tend to be kept up and it's, it's very hard to, you, were, you might say you weren't old enough and you learned yourself about it, you're addicted to your work and mm. your 40s, but um, not every bit might have the strength of you to change themselves later on. So I think young people would need to be trained in how to deal with all these things being thrown at them. Yeah, well, it, it, it's like, Anton, you have to start young and, mm. and you're bringing these good habits in, but it's to keep these habits going. It's like if I don't get up each morning and have my quiet time and meditation time, I know if that goes for a few days without doing it, the old habits will start to creep back in really, really quick. You have to be ruthless in um, your, your, your daily routines so that you're in a better place. Like... I don't listen to the news now. In fairness, I did hear what was going on in Dublin and stuff like that. You'll hear it from different conversations and it was horrific. But it's what you're feeding your mind each and every day. Like they're brainwashing us with... with um, there was a message from the phone as well. Uh, and they were all off like, yeah. you know, it's the same. Going back to your point, you know, we have to put on that phone. Simple as that. Yeah, exactly. So like I... I could have put the phone into my pocket when I came in here tonight, but I said I wouldn't or when I'm out for a walk, unless I'm taking a few photos or something. That's all it is used for. This is my time. This is the time to slow the mind down. And if we don't, if we, if the mind is just racing the whole time, yeah, it, you're going to be living <clears throat> in a chaotic world. And... And it's not going to put up with it. The body isn't a machine. It only lasts so long. It, on, it, it does. Yeah. And, and you'll eventually, um, the battery will eventually go down like a phone. It happened to me. And, yeah, um, that's right. It's a very good energy. The battery will eventually go. And awful lot of people are losing sleep as well, the younger people. Because these screens don't go on in bed. And I, I heard it recently, it was actually a, a survey that was done on teenagers and 
I think a huge percent of them, percentage of them don't get to sleep before 2am because they're looking at stuff on the phone when they go to bed and it keeps the, the screen, keeps them awake and they're actually losing sleep as well and of course the health problems for people who lose a lot of sleep, Eric I'm sure is at least a serious health issues if you don't get your sleep. Yeah, and I, I did have a, a whoop watch there at one stage. It was tracking my, my sleep. And, uh, yeah, it was very interesting because I, I'd always say I'd be getting maybe seven and a half hours. But when I when I put on this device, it was mm. tracking that I wasn't getting that and the right amount of this kind of deep sleep and stuff like that. So sleep and you know, for recovery for the body, it's 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 huge. And what you're going, what what you're fueling the body with, it's like you look again at any top athlete. You know, they go in at, and they work hard, they get their work done, then they rest. Uh, they're back then again. You know, you have to have that rest. And it's like if you've a phone going until two o'clock, and the next thing you're trying to get to sleep. And, and you have to be up again at six or seven. Mm. That's only a couple of hours. And like, it's not enough. And you're waking up then the following morning tired. Then you're using stimulantry. You're between alcohol, coffee, drugs, yeah. um, you know, to keep the whole thing going. Mm. And like, where will that go eventually? Um, but you, what you said there is right. And what you're doing, Eric, is you're keeping businesses going. And that's what they want is to keep you know, you're keeping these things topped up for these. They 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 don't care. They, they're they, a they, consumer. They're, yeah, you're you're you're, you're you're just mm-hmm. exactly. They're making their pound or their euro, whatever it is. They don't care about what the end result is going to be. But you think there should be? Do you think the government and the education boards are proactive enough, Eric, in getting schemes out or getting the thoughts out? You know that. Are we giving enough um, help to people? Look, it's it's like Anton. There's there's an awareness there now that there is pr- problems, but is there being enough done? No. But, um, where where do you start? You you kind of draw a line in the sand again and say, look, we need to start here now. But is there enough people out there to have this like ripple effect where it's going to? start shifting things around hmm. it uh, time will time will tell a lot is going to happen over the next couple how, of years how do you see your own future in terms of assisting people who need it we've talked about all the problems there now for 45 minutes wherever it is and um, obviously we, we've, we've stated the problems all the various problems from your own personal point of view how do you see yourself developing as a as a coach trainer life advisor whatever it is would you like more training yourself and what would you like to be doing, say, five years from now yourself, Eric, in this field? Well, my thing is to, what I what I really want to do is is to start bringing, and and I have started is having my coaching sessions out in nature, where we're disconnecting from the crazy world, the so called matrix, and uh, this is where I want to go, like. Just take, for example, a business person that they're mad busy all day from first thing in the morning to last thing at night. And if you can give them blocks of time, um, getting away from all that, recharging the battery. Um, as well as that, I want to keep going myself and see where I can get to my, my 
you know, you'll, you'll never reach that peak of full potential. But how good can you possibly be? That's where I want to get to. And there's no there's no limit to that, um, as I see. But like, I know AI and all that is mm. is, is coming right. in. And, and, you know, you can maybe have some of these conversations with a robot. But having that one-to-one, human-to-human interaction, that's something you'll, you can never... Um, beach, you know. Yeah, you mentioned your website there at the beginning. What will people find on your website? And uh, you know, what what if they looked at it initially tonight or tomorrow? What kind of things are there that you can show them that are little stats they can make if they need help? Well, it's like Anton. You first of all, you you come to our website and you see. Um, you know, you look around it and, and you maybe look at the different videos and you see is there a trust there where you can trust maybe this person? Um, because it's a big step for a lot of people to reach out saying, God, I need a bit of help here and there. And if you see something where there's a connection or a trust, a big thing in life and, and in any businesses or anything like that is if you can trust someone and build that trust with them where you hold that safe space for them then and um, they can really open up and and that's when you can move forward step by step then. Um, otherwise, if you're not giving them that good environment, they um, they stay inside their shells and, and this is what I love doing each and every day now is, is bringing the best out in people and seeing how far they can go. Um, you know, the, the dreams that's maybe in their head for many years um, for them to, to throw them out on the table and say, yeah, I, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. And, um, you know, with with the right action plans and and, and things in places, you can reach these these places, but you have to slow everything down um, to go fast. Eric. You know, your, your, your thoughts and, and insight has been absolutely infectious. You know, there's no doubt about it. And hopefully many people will get help from this interview tonight. How can people contact you? And I know you're on the website. You might give out your website or whatever way you, you, you feel you, uh, the best way for people to contact you. Yeah, so uh, my website is www.emccoaching.ie. Um, I'm on um, Instagram. Uh, Facebook and LinkedIn as well um, or my number sure would be my mobile number would be 0876365561 and like often at the time um, people may, may not want to actually ring someone but if they just message or something and, mm-hmm. and if they're not in a great place to just say would you have a few minutes of your time do you know, if people can just reach out, take they that first They have to call step. for help, don't they? Yeah. And would you get an occasional phone call from somebody who might just have a bad moment? Has that happened? Not yet. Not yet. But, but I'm but sure there will be times down yeah. the road. Look, there's often, um, even my own circle of friends and stuff, we we can often hit low points, but we... we we're in a place where we can reach out to someone and say, do you have five minutes? This is this is what we have to do is is to just say to someone, start somewhere. do you have five minutes? I, I could do with a chat and and not this um, maybe texting over and back. 
just ring up and 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 um, have have a chat. Right. And no one is infallible, Eric. No, absolutely not. The, the best and the strongest will go down if um, if 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 your bad habits and bad whatever each day. But we can all get back up again. Yeah. Finally, before we let you go, you're 12 months into you know this new business in in the in the coaching. Obviously, you see your barber's status is going to take time. Are you getting great job satisfaction out of it? Absolutely. Like there's a smile on my face every day when I get up and I I say, well, who can I help today, or or what difference can I make in a person's life? When you get up in the morning and you know this is going to happen, like. It, it's like as I said I have, I, have a, I have a smile on my face do you know and this is what we're here for we're here to help each other and support each other give give someone a safe space and, and listen to people and be kind to people and if we can cut down on, on the, the nastiness and just go about your day doing a good deed for someone because when you if you're going to a shop and maybe pay for a coffee at the till and say whoever comes up next, you know that's going to put a smile on someone's face. So I try and go around each day and do maybe a good deed here and there. And that feeds into your, into your goodness and your battery and it charges you up. Or like having a conversation here like this, you know, I'm going to walk away from here and, and I'll, I'll be um, energised and I feel good. But it's when... Someone is maybe low or they're stuck and they don't know how to take the next step or to go forward. It's when they come to you and, and you can make that difference in their life and put a smile back on their face or get them to see the light that, 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 that may not have been there for a long time. It's, it's, um, it's, it's so, so pleasing, yeah. Pat, isn't that what it's all about? Putting a smile back in people's faces. I was and going to say, yeah, it's a great way to end the chat uh, with a smile and a friendliness and just giving a helping hand. And as he said, he probably gets as much out of giving himself as you from taking. You know, they say that there's a joy, in, there's more pleasure in giving something to people and make them happy than taking yourself. So I think he summed it up very, very well. So if you can put both smiles back in people's faces, I think it's full success. Eric McNamara... Thanks very much for coming in once again and the uh, first anniversary and taking the time to talk to us here on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Continued success in, in, in your venture. There's no doubt you're going, you are a success and going to be an incredible success, success. And we thank you for all the help you have given to people so far and who is going to benefit from your um, experience in the future. Eric Mack, thanks McNamara. Thanks a million. Thanks, lads. Thanks, Eric. And that concludes our sports and show here on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Here on, on, in, on Sportsland in association with their credit union on 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM. My thanks as always to Corpus Inter Pat McNamara. Thanks to our guests, 